Welcome to episode 9 of the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean, a.k.a. At The Peak. I'm joined once again by Chaff. Chaff, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you very much. Good stuff. We've also got Ryan once again. Ryan, how have you been getting on this week, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. This week we're going to be looking at uh, the Dale Academy, the players that have come through, our favourite players um, that have come through the system, and also looking at our favourite loans over the years and maybe some of the ones that uh, weren't quite as successful too. Um, so we're going to start, um, I sent you to this list before but I think it's quite impressive and I think it's a good way to start the podcast and give an overview of the where the academy's done in the last few years. But this is a list of players that have made first team debuts for Dale since um, the club were promoted in 2013-14. So that this doesn't even include the likes of Callum Camps and Jamie Allen and Scott Tanzer who had made debuts before then, but this is the list uh, of players that have made debuts since uh, 2014. So we've got Johnny Deber, Niall Bell, James Hooper, David Awusu, Aaron Morley, Andy Cannon, Matty Gillum, Daniel Adshed, Luke Matheson, Florent Hoti, Juwan Hamzat, Florian Yonsian, Harrison Hopper, Lewis Bradley, Fabio Tavares, Quattro Barr, Louis Clarkson, Peter Thomas, Toby Phillips and Joe Dunn. Uh, Chaff, that's quite an impressive list, isn't it? Certainly is. Um, some of them are not even uh, scholars yet. Um, looking at like Peter Thomas, who's only, I think he's still only 15, 16. Um, to have that many players coming through um, in what is a relatively short space of time is a testament to the, the youth setup that we have at Rochdale. Absolutely. And, and Ryan, that like I said, that doesn't even include the likes of Camps and Alan and Tanzu, who are all established professionals now um, I mean could we really ask for more from the academy given you know where we stand in the football league um, given that our, I think we have a, a category 3 academy rather than you know one of the, the top ones in the country um, but in terms of productivity you can't really argue with that can you not at all no and I think it's it's really impressive because there's not many people on that list that you'd say were dreadful either um, you know and you, you're not only talking about where we are in the football pyramid but where we are in the country um, you know you've got players I bet a lot of them are from Manchester in the outskirts so you've got City United would be sniffing Did Bury you've got Oldham Bolton Blackburn Burnley probably Everton Liverpool might come into that as well so to have that many players come through our system good players come through our system and go on to make professional debuts is you can't ask for more, I don't think, that at all. Certainly. And, and Chaff, Ryan touched on um, the competition there that we have in trying to attract players uh, to our to our youth academy and to the first team, to be honest. But um, Aaron Morley is a player we've mentioned there. He was born in Bury, I believe. We've had a few players that have come to us from Bury. Uh, there are players like Matheson who, who uh, grew up on the outskirts of Manchester. Um, do you think the success that the club's academy has had has maybe tempted players to come to Dale that perhaps wouldn't have uh, beforehand? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look at the players that are now, and it's, it's, it's going to get better as well. We're going to become a more reputable club when it comes to youth development. Um, people will look at the likes of Dan Adzed, um, Luke Matheson, and think, well, they've come from, from nothing. Um, that Yeah, that might work for them. So we'll end up beating the likes some of the, the teams around us, I think, 
um, when it comes to youth players uh, coming through. Um, and it's going to be a huge thing in the um, well when football restarts. I think having good youth prospects come through is going to be a major thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's something that I've spoke about on the forum earlier this season, actually. But um, Ryan, how how important is it that the club continue to produce these players, even if they're not necessarily going to be the best player in the squad on every in every case, but to have these players that we know we can rely on to do a job that have come through the youth system, because especially this season with all the injuries we've had, um, a few players have had to, to step up to the mark. And it, I mean, how positive a thing is it to know that these players have the quality to, to make a difference when needs be, rather than you know having to go out and spend big money on, on players that might not um, be involved in the squad if everyone's fit? So how, how, um, how much of a positive would you say it is to have those players that we can call upon? think as a football club it's it's brilliant because it shows what you're doing is working but I think for supporters it's it's massively important as well because I think League One started to become a league where it's sort of a second championship where quite a few teams have got a lot of journeymen or they're bringing foreigners in foreign players and you know for, for us to be able to call upon players from our town and our academy it is brilliant and I think what I love, I think the Checker Trade Trophy gets a lot of stick, but I personally really like it because we get to see these players. I think you look at some of the teams that played against us in most competitions and it's more like a reserve team and you, you, there's a lot of household names on there for, for fans of, like us. And when you look at ours, it tends to be sort of seven, eight, nine scholars who've not been made professional yet. So it it's brilliant and it's massively important and it will continue to, to be that way because we've not got the finances to sign so we can create players ourselves and I think that's all the better for us. Yeah, Chaff, on the um, EFL trophy, the Checker Trade trophy, uh, obviously it's coming for criticism, I think, due to, to um, Premier League and Championship youth academies themselves being in it rather than the first teams, but have Dale sort of utilised this in the best possible way by using those games as as an opportunity to give a chance to players like Matheson, I believe, made his debut in that competition. I think Adshed did as well, and then a few of the names towards the end of that list that we've seen this season. Are Dale utilising this in the correct way? Um, because it doesn't seem like a trophy that we're ever going to win. I don't think we've been towards the last stages for the last few years, but does it make sense to get, to get these players some first-team experience, albeit not in a, in a league environment? Yeah, I think it's. I think we've gone about it the exact correct way. Um, like you've just mentioned there, Dan Adset and Luke Matheson both came through, uh, made their debuts in the in the Checker Trade Trophy. Um, I've never been a massive fan of the Checker Trade Trophy until recently um, when we started doing that. So that tells you how important it is as well. Um, I actually quite like the fact that the the big clubs have academies that, that play in it I think it adds to the competition if I'm honest um, but yeah the likes of Luke Matheson uh, Dan had said uh, even like some of the players who are not yet um, scholars like um, Peter Thomas um, will all make their debuts in that competition and it's a way of getting men's football into into youth players and I think it can only benefit them 
Yeah, and it's also a way for uh, the management, the first team management, to really get a look at these players in a in a more competitive um, arena than than academy football is at times. Um, in terms of those players that we have, those young players that are coming through, obviously between us, I don't think we've we'll have seen too much of them. But is there anyone who you've really enjoyed watching so far who you would say is is the is the man to to look out for in the future, Chaff? Um. Not 100% certain because I've not seen much of it. Um, my girlfriend's dad goes and watches the youth team quite often um, and has always spoken really highly of Joe Dunn, uh, left back. Uh, I think he had a couple of pre-season games. Um, looks decent as well. Plays uh, left back and also plays centre-half. Um, he's one that I've seen before that looks decent. Um, I don't know that many other ones. Uh, if I'm honest, but yeah, I'd go. Joe Dunn seems to have uh, stood out for me. And there's another left back in the youth system as well, Casper um, Mialkowski. I'm assuming he's not quite at the level of getting in the EFL Trophy squad at the moment, but he has been called up to Poland's under 17s training camps in the past. So um, definitely got some potential. It'd be interesting to see if he gets any minutes in the next few years. Uh, Ryan, is there anyone? who you would say is worth uh, looking out for that you've seen glimpses of? I know we've seen first team minutes for the likes of Tavares and Barr this season. Um, are you excited by them? Is there anyone else that you, you think fans should be looking out for? Um, I think, touching on Tavares and Barr first, I think they've, they've both looked like youth team players playing first team football this season. Um, I don't think they've adapted quite as quickly as some of us, but then you think it's a tough position to play in. You know, they're playing on the wing or they're playing up front and it's tough, that. particularly in a team that's fighting for the survival. But I think they've shown enough to, to suggest that they could be good players for us. But um, in terms of people other than that, I, I was impressed by... There was a little cameo by Peter Thomas in one of the games. I can't remember which one. I think it's City can't remember but he, he came on in one of the games and I was impressed by, by him his first touch and the physicality of the guy I think he's only 14 at the time and he was massive um, so he's one and I think Ethan Briley as well I think is only 15 um, he's a Rochdale fan I think he's from I think he's from Cassie actually um, or lives around here anyway and he, he seems like he's going to be a good player so yeah I think the future's bright with a couple of names that you're hearing about from some silly age groups, so that, that speaks volumes, I think, of equality. Yeah, absolutely, and um, full props to the club for giving them a chance, because I'm sure that there are players uh, that, are, that are more willing to come to Dale, because you know they'll get first-team opportunities with us as well, and, and Barr is one of those players, like you said, he, at times he doesn't, it looks, he looks like a youth player, um, and especially, I think there was a lot of pressure on his shoulders to be a creative um, spark, if you like, in the games that he did play, which is it's a, it's a huge burden to carry for, for a 16, 17-year-old. Um, but I, I have seen sort of glimpses of what he's capable of. I think especially uh, the game at Accrington on New Year's Day, he, he was really excited. I think he'll be a really talented player for us. Um, Chaff, going back to um, sort of before this, this current era and the progress that the club have made um, on the academy side of things in recent years. There were some success stories in the past, even if we weren't particularly known for producing 
um, our own players. But which players from the past would stand out for you in terms of uh, homegrown talent? I'm thinking the likes of maybe Joe Thompson, uh, Matt Jilks, Kevin Townsend. Which are the players that stand out for you that came from our academy, perhaps in, a, in the earlier years? Well, the three that you just mentioned there um, are great examples of it. Joe Thompson, Matt Jilks, Kevin Towns, and all came through the ranks, um, but all had sort of well good first team action for Rochdale. Um, Townsend became well a really good striker at League Two level before he drifted off. Uh, Joe Thompson had a, a really good impact to start with. Drifted off a little bit while in his time with us, and then came back to perform heroics, didn't he? So everybody knows that story. Uh, Matt Jokes went on to play in the Premier League, so they, that's uh, that tells its own story, really. There's there's other examples as well. Uh, I'm thinking the likes of Simon Grand um, came straight into our team, became our youngest ever captain, I think, at one point as well. Um, was really good next to Gareth Griffiths, who obviously brought out the best in him as well and must have been a really good player to play next to as a young player. Um, Stephen Hill got quite a bit of first team action under Paul Simpson I seem to remember uh, the likes of Lee Duffy Gary Brown all came through the ranks as well so yeah there's a, there's plenty of examples of uh, of youth team success stories before uh, this current crop yeah Ryan is there anyone else who'd stand out for you in that list we mentioned a few last week didn't we um, the likes of Paddy McCourt who obviously signed as a scholar but um, maybe didn't come through from, from the youngest ages and then Scott Hogan, of course, who was released and, and ended up coming back. Is there anyone else who you'd put in that list of, of real success stories for, for Dale's Academy? Yeah, Scott Hogan's obviously a massive one. Um, he touched on Paddy. Um, I think Chaff's pretty much covered um, a lot of the others. Um, but I was always quite impressed with, from what I saw, Niall Bell, who I think, has he gone on to play for Stockport and I don't know if he's still there or if he's moved on. Rick Gates said as well, wasn't he? I was always quite impressed with him. So I'm glad he's made a career in the game, albeit at a lower level. But barring that, obviously Scott Hogan. You know, we, we could do a full episode on Scott Hogan, I think, even though he's, he was only with us for a season. But yeah, I think Chaff's touched on, on the majority of them. And uh, we look back on all of them very fondly. Yeah, of course. It's always um, something that fans will, will enjoy seeing that a homegrown talent come through and, and make something of themselves. And um, I think it gives supporters a, a stronger connection to the club in a way. If there's someone um, who they can count on as, as one of their own, if you like, it's something that we've sang to, to Joe Thompson, isn't it, in the last few years. And I think his story is even more, um, even more of a fairy tale for the fact that he, he grew up in the town as the song goes. And of course, came through the academy from a very young age. Um, Ryan, you actually spent some time um, at the academy as a young player. Um, what was it like to, to be in that environment and, and learn, what did you learn um, from your time as a Dale Academy player? And also, what do you think has maybe progressed or, or changed since your time uh, involved with the club? Yeah, well, um, obviously when I was there, I, can't, I think I was 13, maybe 14, and the step up in the training was just ridiculous, really. It was, it was sink or swim, for sure. I think it a lot of players that I saw came in and, and didn't maybe last or they stood out like a sore thumb um, but yeah the, the training was so professional even at that young age um, I think there was they monitored your food um, 
and things. And I think when I started, it was sort of the early days of, of things really changing. Keith Hill was in charge. Um, I remember turning up early on and I think Callum Byrne, Dennis Sheriff, Chris Brown was part of it as well. They were doing their own bits of sessions while we were still in the youth team, I think, or had just been um, signed up pro or, or whatever it was. And um, I remember Chris did a, a session with, with our team and he was really impressive even at that age. Um, I also had Rick Ashcroft train us a few times and he was really good. Um, Tony Ellis was always around as well. It was at Matthew Moss at the time and, and he, he was always around. And um, Yeah, very firm, but you knew where you stood with him. Um, and I think he's been a, a credit to the academy, but um, I think that's when things were starting to change. But I think that stood out for me at the time was we used to play it up at Salford Uni. Um, and I remember there were a couple of times where we were playing and Keith Phil was down there and he'd be stood just watching the under-12s, under-13s, under-14s. So that showed that he had a real keenness and showed how how important the youth team and development squads were to him and the football club. But in terms of how it's changed now, I, I started to see it changing in that a lot of the lads in my team were from from Rochdale, Middleton. That's probably, I think we had a guy from Stockport, but it was sort of the only one really a bit further afield. Um, but then the more time went on, the better scouting resource he had, um, the bigger scouting range. And they were going up to the likes of Burnley, Blackburn, United and, and picking players from them. Um, so I think, I think the network's changed now. We've got a bigger pool of players to, to pick from and I think when you're training two times a week you can go down to the Midlands and get a kid to come up two times a week I think now so um, yeah I think it's probably changed massively but I bet the professionalism of the, of the sessions has, has remained the same to be honest because it was it was a really good experience um, and the coaches were, were fantastic and I touched on Chris who's running it Rick who's run the system I think for a couple of years as well have all gone on to, to bigger and better things from just doing part-time coaching. So, yeah, really good to see the consistency. I think that's quite an interesting insight into to what it was like to be involved um, at that time. And obviously, like you say, things did start to change for the better for the academy around that time. Uh, I remember stories from before that of, of people um, that I grew up playing with that, that had been involved with Dale's youth and decided that it was actually too... Uh, unprofessional for them and decided to go and play elsewhere as a result of that. So I think that's really encouraging and chaff. Uh, some of the names that Ryan mentioned there, the likes of Chris Brown, um, Rick Ashcroft, Tony Ellis, who's now been um, involved with the youth for 13 years. How important have they been in, in terms of um, transforming the academy's reputation, do you think? I think they've been huge. Um, Chris Brown seems really impressive. I've met him a couple of times. Um and he just seems a really impressive bloke. Um, knows the club inside and out, as does Tony Ellis. Um, and Rick Ashcroft as well, been around the, uh, the youth team for, for quite a, a number of years now. So the consistency, I think, that Ryan mentioned is key. Um, nobody seems to rest on the laurels either. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really impressive the way that they've got it all set up. Uh, the professionalism and the fact that 
everybody within the club, the directors, the coaches, they all know how important the youth setup is to the football club um, in terms of producing players and, well, eventually hoping to sell them on. So, yeah, I think it's, it's tremendous, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you say, Ellis, been involved with the club for so long and, and that consistency can only be helpful. Um, like you say, everyone that I know that's spoken to Chris Brown is, is full of praise for him and obviously he came through the system himself as a young player so understands sort of the needs of, the, of these young players and, and what they need to do to improve and uh, I think that's really positive as well. Um, Ryan, one, one issue that sort of cropped up a little bit, especially surrounding Dale, um, has been whether these players, when they come into the first team at such a young age, are actually ready for it. I read an article by Jack Lang in The Athletic um, a few months ago that, that maybe suggested that players being 14, 15, 16 and involved um, with first-team football it perhaps isn't the right environment for them and, and taking them away from the development coaching actually can can prevent them from really progressing as a footballer. Um, would you agree with that or do you think that it can only be a positive thing for these players to, to gain experience as soon as the, as soon as the ability um, shows that they're ready for it? I think being involved in match day squads and the checker trade, like we've said, can only be friendly, can only be a positive. Um, I agree with a the part there that he's mentioned where taking them away from development sessions to going into first team sessions, I think would hinder quite a lot of players. Um, because as much as they look good, they won't be ready for first-team football yet. Um, but I think being involved in the matchday squad, being involved in men's football, can only be a positive. Um, there's, you can sort of battle that argument with the amount of players that have just done youth team football, got to 18, and they're not ready yet for first-team football, and then gone on to be, well, not been a success in the game and probably played amateur football against us, is... There's a lot more of them, I'd suggest. So, yeah, I'd always I'd encourage that. And I love the fact that we do it. Yeah, and Chaff, um, I think it's fair to say that the likes of Matheson in particular have really progressed from playing in these big games. Matheson really stood out for me against both Man United, obviously, when he scored, and um, against Newcastle when he got the assist for Wilbraham's goal. Um, do you think that's maybe just the case of Matheson being supremely mature for his age and, and ready for that or do you think maybe just giving these players the opportunity sometimes is all they need to show that they are ready uh, both mentally and in terms of their ability um, I think there's an element of sort of sink or swim really and you can, you, you can sort of gauge how good somebody's going to be by how they um, adapt immediately from such a different standard of football Um Let's, Matheson and I'd said were thrown in very early as have other players other players have not been quite as successful those two are obviously supremely talented um, and will probably go a long way in the game of football you're not going to get that with every player that gets thrown a debut at 16 years old um, so yeah it's, it's, it's one of those I, th- I think they both the likes of Matheson were, were obviously ready um, some players aren't but it's if you're that young you're going to get time to develop so if, you, if the coaching staff will, will think that you're not quite ready having had a taste of it it's not the, exactly the end of the road it's not yeah, it's not a case of 
it's over at that point, is it? You can still develop. Well, there have been examples of players that have moved on before they've made first-team debuts for the club. Um, Matty Hughes moved to Celtic um, as a youngster without ever breaking into the first team. Connor Ronan is a player that's mentioned before, um, who's now at Wolves, I think, on loan at Blackpool. Do you think maybe, looking back, that those players could have benefited from an extra year or two at Dale, maybe some more first-team experience before they did move on? Because that seems to have, have helped Matheson uh, develop and, and possibly Adshed too, although obviously we haven't heard much of him since he left for Norwich. So would you say maybe in, in some cases it's better for these players to make sure they do get some first-team football at Dale before they move on? Um, possibly. Uh, I think the two examples that you've just given there in Matty Hughes and uh, Connor um, both went for decent sums of money. We both we, we benefited financially from both of those deals. Um Conor Ronan's going to have a very good career in the game of football. He's a supremely talented young man. Um, and he's doing the biz at Blackpool, who was before lockdown. Um, enjoyed a couple of years out in Slovakia as well. Done really, really well over there. Um, done well in the first team at Wolves when he's been given an opportunity. Um, and yeah, he's a very, very good footballer. Could he have been it? I don't think playing a few games would have given him much more of a, a benefit at Rochdale, whereas Matty Hughes has never really lived up to the to the potential that he had when he was in the youth team. Um, was it Celtic that we ended up selling him to? Um, never really made it at Celtic. Last I think I heard he was around Staley Bridge, something like that, and just, drift, just drifted out of the professional game. So that there tells you you can go one of two ways, really. Um. Ryan, one thing that I would say in terms of like giving players first team opportunities, um, it's something that I've sort of banged the drum for a little bit on the forum in the past. But do you think maybe in some cases they are guilty of playing these players a little bit too much? Because I was looking across at Berry, and obviously we know what happened financially at Berry um, in the last few years. But one thing they were getting praised for was the sales of the young players that were coming through. I think in the likes of Jacob Badeau, um George Miller. Um, there was another player who went to Liverpool having only made two or three appearances, Matty Folds as well. Um, do you think maybe some of the bigger clubs look at these players at 15, 16, getting a few games and thinking, oh, maybe it's worth taking a punt um, on this player for, for big money when in some cases players who've played on for Dale and played a little bit uh, a little bit longer, they might look at players like Camps and say, well, he's been in League One for, for so long now and perhaps he isn't you know, ready for that step up to a higher level. I think it's a tough one, really, because I think with Camps, when he burst onto the scene, he wasn't. He was playing. He was in the team, and then that was it. Um, so as soon as that happens, your stock rises, the price is higher. Um, whereas players who were maybe, you know, drip fed and maybe have one appearance, two appearances here and there, you you could get them on the cheap. Um, I'm thinking of Dan Adzad when I say that. If he could have played a full season with us, how much could we have got for him compared to what we actually got? Um, so I don't think you can ever... If someone's good enough, I don't think you can play him too much. I don't. I can't think of many players that have, have thought, you know, they've probably played too much here who've been from our academy. Um, but... You know, there's been players where they've been drip fed and then we've not seen them for a while and now we're playing. I'm thinking about Ramali when I said that. 
you know, he played a couple of games. I think he played away at Bradford, um, played a couple of games and didn't look quite, there was something about him, but he didn't look quite ready. Um, so we kept him back and then out of a blue this season, he's been one of our better players. So I think the club are good at knowing when to play him and when to not. I think that's fair. I think uh, I'd say there's a good counter-argument um, to my point there, really. I just wonder about players like perhaps Morley, if he'd, if someone come in for him um, after those two or three games, maybe we'd have got more money than we would now, just judging on, on what happened with those players over at Berry, because I don't think any of them have, have really established themselves at the clubs that they've gone to. Um, but Berry actually managed to get some decent transfer fees um, for those players. But that's something to uh, consider in the future, I guess. Um, so we've taken a look at the academy there. We're going to now take a look at some of our favourite loan players that have played for Dale over the years, and maybe some of the uh, some of the bad ones as well. But Chaff, um, we came up with a list, didn't we, earlier of, of some of the players that have, have um, come to us on loan, and I'm just wondering which ones stand out for you as players that uh, really made a difference during the time alone with Dale. Well, recently we've had quite a few, haven't we? Um, Jack O'Connell is the first one that comes to mind, and I even forgot about him before when I was doing when I was writing a list of them. Um, what a player that guy is! He was absolutely outstanding. Two long spells, um, not too far off being the same quality as what Dawson was, um, and arguably better now in the Premier League than what Dawson's been. Um, he was outstanding. Even when he reverted to left back in his second spell, he was outstanding, and um, and I were amazed that we even got him on a second loan after that. To be perfectly honest, with you, he was that good. Um, he's the one that springs to mind immediately. Andy Lonergan, um, absolutely brilliant, aging goalkeeper. Didn't really think it was going to be as successful as it was, but he pretty much kept us in the league. Um, it's, I think it's fair to say Ethan Hamilton um, really good for Manchester United as well um, just the kind of midfielder you want box to box gets stuck in scores goals as well and a really nice lad as well um, little story my little lad um, Ethan Hamilton was his favourite player that season um, met him at the end of season awards um, told him that he was Oliver's favourite player uh, and he arranged to send a signed shirt in the post to my house for him. Um, so, yeah, little story there. Yeah. Um, Ebanks Landau came in in the same window as well, and he was uh, a rock at the back. There's, there's loads, there's loads of different names that you could reel off. Yeah, definitely. Um, O'Connell was one that I reminded you of earlier when you, you missed him off the list, and he was one player that I was supremely impressed with from the moment that he came to the club. Um and like you say, he's proven himself in the Premier League now, and I think he's maybe benefited from from being at a slightly better run club, maybe in Sheffield United than Dawson was at West Brom, and, and being used in a system that absolutely plays to, to all of his um, strengths as well. Uh, Ryan, we've also had a few pretty effective loan players this season, haven't we? Um, I'm thinking Bobby Sanchez has, has had a great season between the sticks. Um, and Reese Norrington Davies has, has nailed down that place at left back and and could actually be um, competing with Jack O'Connell for a first team place at Sheffield United next season. Yeah, yeah, we've we've utilised the loan market pretty well this season. Um, Sanchez, like you said, he is destined for big things. I think because he's I've not seen a goalkeeper's commanding him a box as him. I don't think 
at Rochdale from corners and crosses. Um, he has been mistaken him, of course he does, but you forgive him because he's won us more points. But yeah, Norrington Davis, very good left back. He's still got a hell of a lot to learn, um, but he's been a good player for us this season. And I think, yeah, in terms of whether he'll be um, challenging Jack O'Connell next season, um, I think I could give you the answer for that now. But um, yeah, he's certainly he's, he's going to make um, a career out of the game, probably better than League One. Um, but yeah, he's been a, a very good player for us this season. Um, but a couple that spring to mind for me from our old promotion season were sort of three midfielders in Will Atkinson, Jason Taylor and Simon Whaley, who I thought, I think Whaley was only with us for a month, maybe two, but I thought he was fantastic. Um, just a, a really good winger who, who could take players on and had a bit of skill. Jason Taylor, we've touched on in previous episodes, but what an important signing he was that year. Um, but yeah, I think we've, we've generally utilised the loan market very well in the past few years. Yeah, and Chaff, do you think there's maybe been um, a change in tact in how we use the loan market as well? Because I remember when Hill first came, there was a lot of players that were brought in for sort of a month or two and, and were, were great. I'm thinking the likes of um, Kelvin Atuu, um Jordan Rhodes as well, I think, came in around that time. Um, whereas later on, we ended up signing players that would go on and, and become permanent um, signings. I'm thinking Chris O'Grady is one that stands out. Obviously, he was a massive um, signing for us after a great loan spell. Keith Keane later on as well was another one who came originally on loan and eventually became a permanent signing. So do you think maybe that's the, the change in tact from the from the club? Perhaps not this season because I don't think we'll get Sanchez or Norrington Davies back, but over the last few years, do you think maybe we've looked to bring in loan players that could then potentially become permanent members of the squad? Yeah, I think so. I think the way that everybody uses a loan market's changed, if I'm honest. I think when I was uh, younger and sort of late 90s, early 2000s, people would bring in loans for immediate impact on very short sort of term loans, a month here or a month there. Um, you can't really do that now because um, everything's window to window. So you get to see more of the, the players that come in. Um, so we've had some good players come in on loan, for example, like Mark Richards, uh, Jordan Rhodes, who you mentioned there, uh, only coming in for very short spells, but very effective. Whereas the likes of Chris O'Grady came in and over a longer period of time has really, really shown himself to be an unbelievable addition to the squad um, and all the records that go with that with, with O'Grady. So, yeah, I think we probably do utilise it a little bit different now. Um, it's very much window-to-window window and you need somebody who's going to come in and be a first-team player from sort of August to January uh, rather than from August to October. Yeah, Ryan, I've, I've got a list of some of the other players that um, we brought in on loan. Uh, that have then gone on to sign permanently. Um, and it's quite impressive when you look at it. But there were a few that maybe ace in the loan spells but then didn't quite live up to that um, potential when they signed. I'm thinking Niall Canavan as one. Uh, Terry Gornell, who came in and scored a few goals in a loan spell but then didn't do as much when he was signed permanently. Um, do you think maybe the club have been 
a little bit guilty at times of signing players based on these long spells without thinking about the, the long-term effect that they'd have on the squad? Um, I think it'd be a bit unfair to say that, given the, the list of good players that we've done, the list, list of players that we've done that with who've gone on to be good players for us is a lot longer than the, the, the other side. Um, I think we're now kind of in, you had to sign him because of how good he was in that loan spell. Um, but yeah, but there are some players that we've had that you could, you know, you can sort of say that. I guess the club were maybe a bit naive, but you know, ultimately, you just don't know until you sign them. And I'd, I'd rather we sign players we know who've done well for us than players who, who we just didn't know and then they turned out to be rubbish anyway. So yeah, I think it'd be unfair to label the club with that. But yeah, the kind of one was just weird. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, that loan spell, like you said, he, he was excellent and then just never quite managed to reach those levels after after coming on a permanent deal. But Chaff, I've got a few more names from the list here of players that we didn't manage to get um, on permanent deals, but I'm sure we would have loved to uh, after, after pretty effective loan spells. I'm thinking the likes of Marcus Hanneman, who was absolutely incredible in his short spell with the club, um, Danny Livesey who's gone on to have a, a very strong career and looked really good when he first came. Kevin Long, who came from Burnley and and, and was easily the standout player in a really poor Dale side. Um, Kelvin Atuu, who's had a sort of a different career than we might have expected, judging from like what we saw when he came to Dale. Um, are there any players on that list that we had a look at before that you, you maybe would have loved to have seen come back on a permanent? Um, I remember... William Mockey from Sunderland, very fondly. I thought he was excellent in his uh, brief loan spell. Um, Paul Wheatcroft, going back probably nearly 20 years, uh, did really well in a loan spell. A bit like, in, bit like Kevin Townsend in the way he played. Finisher, I think he got three goals in six games, all too brief. Um, uh, Rene Howe um, did really well for us uh, in the Wembley season. Um, I think he got. I think it was a, a goal every other game, near enough for him for for about twenty games. Um, went on to play for to have a really good football career, but obviously not with us. So yeah, there's a few names out there um, of players that have done well in brief spells, but not quite. Well, we've never we've never been able to entice back. Yeah, I think um, looking at the list, I think goalkeeper is probably the area where we've really excelled in the low market, Ryan. Uh, I mentioned Hanneman there and we mentioned Conrad Logan earlier, but Tommy Lee um, obviously made that incredible save uh, from the penalty spot in the playoff semi-final against Darlington, which we remember fondly. Frank Fielding, who's since been involved in England squads and came to us as a, a sort of wet behind the ears youth, shall we say, but has gone on to have a, a great career. But surely the standout is um, Tom Heaton, who was an absolutely pivotal part of the promotion winning squad in 2009-10 and, and has gone on to to um, be a Premier League stalwart, if you like. What do you think it is that about these players, that um, these goalkeepers um, that we've managed to bring in? I mean, that's quite an impressive uh, collection of lone keepers, isn't it? Yeah, um, I really don't know, to be honest. But yeah, but we've had some really impressive goalkeepers on loan. Um, all been very important to us as well. You think of Tommy Lee and what he did for us and how good he was. Um, and I think there's a... You know, a mutual fondness between 
both Rochdale supporters and him from when we've played Chesterfield in the past. Tom Eaton was completely out of the blue. He was one of those players, you'd heard of him already, and then somehow we got him on loan from Man United and he was like, how have we done this? And he was exceptional. Fielding, very good. Like you said, he's gone on to make a really good career. Um, you know, we've touched on Lonigan, Sanchez, Comrade Logan as well was on loan with us. It's just been a really good list of very good goalkeepers on loan and I'd like to think it's not down to luck but I can't imagine what else it could possibly be because you'd put it down to your goalkeeper coach maybe but I don't think Steve Collis had the most um, what the best career did he so he wouldn't have known these people personally so yeah don't know but yeah what a list it's been but I'm sure we'll come on to a couple that weren't so good. Yeah, I think goalkeeper is maybe a good area to start with. Looking at uh, some of the some of the poorer loans that we've had, um, Chaff. The first name that comes to my mind is is Magnus Norman. But is there any other uh, poor keepers that you remember having on loan that, that maybe we don't have the better memories of? Matt Dickens. Even as a as a child, he was scary to watch. They were shipped in about twenty goals in a pair of four games or something like that when he was here. Um, an absolute fraud. Um, came as a professional footballer and just wasn't. It was awful. Uh, Magnus Norman uh, is up there with Matt Dickens for me. Um, I'll never forgive Keith Hill for extending his loan. Um, that time, I was absolutely furious. He was awful, Matt, uh, Magnus Norman. Absolute disaster of a loan spell, that. Yeah, I think it's. I think looking back, maybe that's when um, the 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 fans started to turn a little bit more on Hill because that just seemed like such a ridiculous decision after he'd been so poor in the games that he played. Uh, Ryan, are there any other bad loanies that you remember? Um, I was speaking to to Tony yesterday, who I go to home games with quite often, and, and he mentioned Keith Barker as one, um, and also Pim Bolkestein. But pretty much every player that Steve Air had on loan in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve was. Was pretty dreadful. Yeah, I remember Keith Barker, and uh, yeah, he's done well to stick to cricket, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, from that era, you think of Bolkstein, like you said, Bergkamp. Um, I think was Matthew Barnes Homer around that time as well. Was he on loan? Yeah, Nathan Eccleston as well that season. Um, there's another, and I can't. Uh, there was Ahmed Benali, who I think only played a couple of games. Um, yeah. uh, there were a couple that were okay. Bond uh, had a decent job, uh, and, and um, Harry Bond looked like a decent prospect when he came as well, but the majority of those players yeah. just weren't up to it. Yeah, and I remember one guy who had one of the best performances in debut I've ever seen in Daniel Bogdanovich. And then after that, he was just him and Brett Armrod. My God. But yeah, we've had some disasters, haven't we? You know, I think more recently Pike was. I don't know. I think it might be a bit. No, he was bad, weren't he? <laughs> um, it's annoying, though, because he has some. I don't know what it is, but he has something. But he would just work. He would work good enough for long enough. Um, but yeah, that. that those Bergkamp, Bogstein, Bogdanovich, just. I can add a couple of names to that really bad list from um, sort of the, the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, we had a striker on loan, I think it was from Berry actually, called Lee Buggy. 
Uh, I think he played twice and he was absolutely horrendous. And then we had probably one of the most infamous 45-minute performances from Lord Kangana and Dewa on loan from Bolton Wanderers. And how he got anybody to ever sign him, I've never seen anything like it. It was like he was just, it was like he was a supporter trying to play football. A few more recently that, that spring to mind as ones that I was actually quite excited about. Um, Connor Randall came from Liverpool. I'd heard his name a few times before and expected big things from him, but that never quite happened. But I think Ryan, the main one, um, when we signed Zach Clough, that looked like such a brilliant signing, didn't it, on paper, even on loan, but it just never worked out for him, did it? I was um, always sceptical. We have a mini WhatsApp group, a couple of us, and I was sceptical when we signed him because I was, you know, if it was the Zach Clough that we all know and watched, why is he coming on loan to Rochdale? Um, but sort of when that fear, I guess, weared off and I started to get a little bit excited about him, you know, you just thought he was ripping it up in the championship for Bolton and and then Forest for a little bit. And then I thought, what could he do in League One? But it just didn't materialise. Um, I think, I don't know what it He played out of position quite often, weren't he? He was put out on the wing and things and that's not his game. So, but yeah, it was just, it was a shame that for him. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't almost expect it because I, I did wonder why he was coming to Rochdale. Yeah, I think that is the case with some of these players. Um, you always wonder if they're coming to, to us to sort of write, try and kickstart the career or is it just a case that maybe a little bit of momentum's gone out of the career or, or I'm not sure. But, um, Chaff, I'll, I'll let you have the last word on any more bad loanies you want to mention. Um, one one last one for me, uh, Tammy Topi Obadeu. I think we might have even had twice and was just so poor. <laughs> he obviously saw something with him, but whatever they saw, I didn't see because I thought it was repeatedly awful. Um, yeah, Pike wasn't a success, was he, either, um, in two separate loan spells. And yeah, I think there is a player there, as Ryan says, I think, but I just think he's not and it might be really harsh to say this, but if there was going to be a 50-50, he's never going to win it. And I think that just comes down to desire with Pike. Um, I think he's got a lot of technical ability, but yeah, he just seemed a bit soft. Um, the Conor Randall signing, there's different ways to look at that as well. Um, he wasn't a youngster by any stretch of the imagination. He's, what, 22, 23, and he's still being sent out from Liverpool on loan to League One side, so... I was a little bit sceptical with that, um, in that he's never he's been at the club for like the best part of a decade and never actually done anything at this point. So I was a little bit sceptical there. Um, in terms of other Paul Owen players, there's been a few. Sean McClure from Barnsley, for example, who we ended up signing and was even worse than when he was on loan. Um, we had Andy Bishop, didn't we, for a while. Um, went on to become a very legend. Kevin Kyle was an awful striker when he came on loan from Sunderland. Um, absolutely horrendous. Um, yeah, they'd be the main ones, I think. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot Kevin Kyle. Uh, absolutely laughable football. <laughs> um, I think we'll finish up there, guys. Um, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who's uh, been listening over the first nine episodes um, 
and thanks for all the positive feedback and suggestions to I think it's fair to say that it's gone slightly better than we might have expected um so thank you to everyone who's been listening and especially thank you to those people who gave us the five star ratings on uh iTunes because that goes a long way um another quick one from me as well I will be doing a Facebook live Dale quiz on the rochdaleafc.com Facebook page uh, that'll be at 6 p.m. on Friday evening. So if you want to tune in, test your Dale knowledge. There's some really tough questions on there. So, um, yeah, please join me for that. Uh, all that's left to say then is thank you for joining me, Chaff. No problem. I can't believe we've done nine of these already, to be honest with you. But yeah, they've been a laugh, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. And hopefully at some point soon we'll be able to actually talk about some games as well. Uh, Ryan, thanks for joining us as well, mate. No, thanks for, for having me for the last eight, I think I've done now, so yeah, it's been good. Thanks for listening.